0: Grab your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 24, that is where we are in the book of Matthew. Uh, It is a great, great study, a great chapter, and I will have to admit, this is probably going to seem more like a Wednesday night Bible study as we go verse by verse by verse, but that's just how God gave it to me, so that's how I'm going to give it to y'all. Say amen. Amen. And I'll be honest again, uh, when you talk about the second coming and you talk about uh, Christ's return, it gets kind of exciting, amen. They are asking for signs and times. Give us some signs and times. And Jesus begins to describe uh, the period of time during the tribulation period. Now, I'm glad I'm not going to be here. Amen. I, I believe in the rapture of the church, the pre-trib rapture. And uh, we are going to, in order to understand chapter number 24, you've got to understand the Jewish context. He is speaking to Jews about questions for the Jewish people and signs for the Jewish people to be looking for. You'll hear Jewish language when he talks about the Sabbath and different things like that. And so keep in mind, he is tell, he's answering their question that, he, that they give him uh, for the people, the nation of Israel, during the time right before Christ returns. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Yeah. Matthew 24 in verse number one. If you're there, say Amen. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, now, now they were met just, just blown away bragging. Now you got to keep in mind, most of these guys, uh, were, were rednecks. All right. Uh, they were fishermen. Uh, they were unschooled, unlearned. Uh, you know, they said they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They were from the country. All right. Most of them. And now they are here in the big city, Jerusalem, checking out one of the most impressive sites they've ever seen before in their life. The temple Herod's Herod, the Great's temple. And, and so they're just blown away and say, you know, just bragging about it, telling Jesus, check this out. Jesus said unto them, blew their mind. See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And that was shocking. That was shocking. Verse three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, tell us. Now watch the questions. When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? The word world there is aeon, which means an epoch or an age, the end of the age, the end of time. And when it's all said and done, when is it going to be? When is it going to be? And what are we, what do we need to be looking for? Now keep in mind, these were Jewish men referring to the Jewish nation as a Jewish people. What do we need to be looking for? If that makes sense, say amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the people that's in this place. I, I have been just just, uh, just, thrilled with your presence in the singing. Uh, Lord, I've enjoyed every single song. And Lord, I pray that you will now speak to our hearts. And, and, and Lord, this is great information that people always like to talk about and study. And, but help us to focus on the conclusion. The conclusion is the most important thing. How we apply this to our lives. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done. I pray that your son will be magnified in this service and everything that we do. I pray that we'll glorify the name of Jesus. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you for all that you've done already. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Control, guide, and, and Lord, every word, let it be anointed. And God, will praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. This is this is chapter 24 and 25 has been what's been called the Olivet Discourse, the Olivet Discourse. This is uh, Jesus is in the, the last week of his life on earth before the crucifixion. And he has spent the time here in Jerusalem. He's already uh, uh, cleansed the temple. there's already had the triumphant entry. We've already talked about that in Matthew. And now they are leaving the temple area. They're leaving, going into the Mount of Olives. And, and Jesus says something that's staggering to them. That they, they, And keep in mind, Jesus has said a lot of stuff to them that they just don't get. If you're with me, say Amen. They just don't understand all this death and, and rising and again stuff and, 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 and because in, in their prophecy and, and what they've been told their whole life that, that, that God is going to send a hero, God's going to send a deliverer, God's going to send a Messiah, and they, they, they believed in that one just from one thing after another is going to happen with no break in between. They did not understand the church age. It was a mystery according to the, the apostle Paul. It was a mystery not revealed unto them, so they are thinking, okay, they know Jesus is the Messiah. They know he is the King that has been sent from heaven. He's the promised one. And so he's got to destroy Rome, kick the bondage out and, 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 and prepare this earth for his rule and reign. Now, all of that is going to happen, but not yet, but that's what they're looking for. That's what they're expecting. And then he turns around and says, this temple that's so magnificent This glorious edifice that you see right here, not one single stone is going to be left unturned. And by the way, that happened in 70, in 70 AD, we find that that, that Titus comes in, the Roman hordes come in and kill just hundreds of thousands of Jews and, and they set afire the temple. And, and watch this now. The gold in the temple melted from the fire and went down into the cracks of the stones. And because of that, they dug into the stones and turned them all over to get the gold. Jesus was perfectly right. Not one stone. Not one stone's going to be left. And so they are thinking, what in the world? Now we know that the end is coming. We know that Jesus is going to set everything right. And, and so we need to find out, we need to find out when this is going to be. Now, when we look back, we know this is a couple thousand years when this happened. And we 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 understand the timeline here, but they, when they say, when is this going to be, they're thinking like next week. Are y'all with me? Put yourself in that atmosphere, in that day, in their shoes, in their understanding. Okay, is this going to be like a couple days from now? Is this going to be a couple weeks? What do we need? And, and so Jesus begins to teach them and inform them. He says, I want to know the signs and we need to know the times. That's what they have asked. And so Jesus begins to answer this question in verse number four. Okay, signs and times. Say that with me signs and times. And keep in mind, let me say this ahead of time. This is in reference to the Jewish people. The Jewish people are going to go through the tribulation. The tribulation period is going to be coming upon this earth. God is going to use it to bring back his people. Cause you see, he came into his own and his own received him. received him not. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe he was the Messiah. They're still waiting on the Messiah. He's got to prepare the Jewish people because if without the tribulation, if Jesus was to come again right now, they would hang him on a cross again. They have to prepare. Listen, then he's got to prepare and judge sin. The whole point of the tribulation period is to judge sin and judge wickedness. And God will do that. He's going to prepare this earth for the millennial reign of Christ. During the tribulation period and the Jewish people are going to go through this and so Jesus begins to describe Jesus begins to describe in verse number four the tribulation period that we've learned about in revelation and so first of all I want you to write this down when it comes to signs first the beginning of tribulation the beginning of tribulation. And I got to go fast through this because we got a lot to cover. And so we can get to the, 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 real application to this. Okay. Well, he begins to describe the signs, the signs, what are we going to see? What are, what are going what's going to be happening that we can look toward and know that it's near Jesus answered and said unto them, verse four, he begins to answer their question. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. So the first thing, the first sign we're going to see is great deception. Deception, write that word down. Many false Christ, many people coming and say, and by the way, we're seeing that now. Now, let me, let me go ahead and help you with this right here. We are not in the tribulation period. The tribulation period does not begin till the rapture of the church, but we will see, we will see slight pictures of this because we're going to go through this list and you're going to say, I've seen that. I've seen that you have, but not in the magnitude that it will be during the seven year tribulation period. You see the Holy spirit is at work in the church. It, it, the Bible says he that now let the word let means to withhold he that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. In other words, right now in this world, the Holy Spirit is restraining the iniquity that could, you think it's bad now. Wait till God takes his hands off of it for years and years and years. Boy, I feel a little God right there. Amen. Listen, things have been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I believe it's not, it's not that things are getting worse. I think it's that God is slowly taking his hands, his restraining power off of the works of evil. When the church is raptured out, when the influence of the church is raptured out, when the influence of God's people is raptured out, he's going to take his hands off and it's going to be no holds barred. And there's going to be deception like we've never seen popping up all over the planet, all over the world. False Christs are going to come. There's going to be great deception. Verse six, verse six. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation shall rise against nation kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences and earthquakes and in diverse places. And all these are the Come on. All these are the beginning of sorrow. So we have deception. Then number two, we have dissension verse six and seven dissension. There's going to be great, great conflict, wars and rumors of wars fighting. And you say, preacher, we have that, but not in the magnitude of that day. I know there's a lot of fighting right now. I know there's a lot of wars. I know there's a lot of conflicts, but we're talking, we're going to, there's going to be racial world wars. There's going to be cultural wars. There is going to be wars and fighting brother against brother, father against son. It is going to be utter bloodshed, dissension. Then we see number three, number three, there's going to be devastation. Look what it says in verse seven, kingdom against kingdom. Now watch this. There shall be famines. Famines and pestilences. And by the way, the word pestilence there means plague. It means disease. Hmm. Hmm. And earthquakes in divers places. Divers places. Now keep in mind, keep in mind too, I, there is so much I want to share out of this. I'm telling you, I could preach for three hours in this, but and stuff's coming to my mind, Keep in mind that that the, the the end times have been described as labor pains, labor pains, in other words, they get stronger and closer together, stronger in magnitude, till there is a great explosion, if you will. All right? Things have been getting worse, right? and closer together, right? But right before right before Jesus comes, it'll be so much faster. The, the, the birth pains, the, the uh, uh, help me, help me ladies. Contractions. There you go. Oh, well, I had some tests this week and I could not be no woman. I'm going to tell you that right now. Contractions get stronger and closer together. And everything that you see one through six here will become greater in magnitude and closer together. Deception, dissension, devastation, devastation from famines, from earthquakes, from plagues, diseases, diseases, pestilence in divers places, earthquakes. Now, all of these are natural. All of these are natural disasters, natural phenomena. Now, look at verse four or number four there at verse nine. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now, what is going to happen? What is going to happen after the rapture of the church? God is going to have his witness here on this earth. He is going to seal. We're going to see this in a couple of points here. He's going to seal 144,000 Jewish witnesses from the 12 tribes of Israel. They are not Jehovah's witness. They are going to be 144,000 Jewish virgin men, unmarried evangelists. He's going to seal less than 12,000 out of each tribe of Israel. They are going to spread the gospel like crazy on this planet. He's going to have two witnesses or two prophets that's going to be preaching the gospel and, and bringing people to faith. He's also going to have an angel, an angel proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. After the rapture, there will be people saved. I I believe that there's going to be people that's never heard the gospel, never had an opportunity to be saved. But these people are going to be saved and come to know Christ and believe in Christ. And the Antichrist people are going to turn against them, turn them in, have them arrested, and have them killed. So there's going to be delivering, delivering. They will deliver you up. They will hate you. God's people will be hated of every nation. And boy, I tell you what, we're close to that now. Close to, you, you, can, you can mock any religion you want, and, and especially, especially Christianity. But but anyway, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a rabbit and we won't finish. Here, here we go. <clears throat> Deception, dissension. These are signs, by the way, and this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of the tribulation. Deception, dissension, devastation, delivering, delivering up to be killed. And then defection. Defection. Verses, verses 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, what does that mean? There's going to be false professions even during the tribulation period. There's going to be people who profess to believe in Christ, but when when it gets difficult, when the going gets tough, then they're going to defect. They're going to they're walk away, if you will, from the faith. Now, there is something, a phrase is put here, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, the way that sounds, the way that sounds is that, okay, in order to be saved, you got to tough it out. You got to tough it out. But that's not what that's saying. It is saying that true faith, true faith, authentic faith will persevere until the end. You will know it's authentic if you make it to the end, if you endure, if you don't, and John, John says this, John says this very clearly. He said, they walked away from us and it just proves that they were not of us because if they were of us, they would still be with us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So there's going to be great defection during the tribulation period. Even, even false professions, false professions. But then number six, there's going to be a declaration. Verse 14, Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Then shall the end come. Now, now, in other words, Jesus will show up. Jesus will bring a consummation to everything. Now, write this down above 144,000 witnesses. I think that's in your notes. Correct. 144,000. right? Revelation 7, 4. That's where you find that. Revelation 7, 4. The two prophets you find in Revelation eleven three. 3. I just wrote it above mine. I just wrote it above mine. I wasn't going to type it in yours. But anyway, we'll take the time to do that. If you'd like to go dig later. 144,000 witnesses. Revelation 7, 4. The two prophets are found in Revelation eleven three. 3. And then the angel messenger is Revelation 14, six, Revelation 14, six, God will not be left without witness. God will not be left without witness. Now in this, and last, lastly, the angel messenger will go into the ends of the earth, proclaiming the gospel. But guys, keep in mind, keep in mind, A, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. When you see fighting and bloodshed, when you see people betraying each other, when you see untold horror, it's just the beginning. beginning. Then we find verse number 15. He begins to describe the middle of the tribulation period. After three and a half years, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet stand in the holy place, Whoso readeth, let him understand. If you want more information about that, we are going through the book of Daniel right now on Wednesday nights. I would encourage you to be there. It's a great study. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Now, first of all, we see the Antichrist. Number one, the Antichrist. Let me me give you a brief, and I can't go into great detail because I'll run out of time. But there is going to be a world leader come forward who is going to befriend the nation of Israel. All nations are going to come against Israel and they're going to need a friend. They're going to need somebody to help them, somebody to assure them that everything's going to be okay. He is going to be a political leader of a a 10 nation, I believe European federation, and they're going to promise safety to Israel. And the problem is Israel is going to believe it. They're going to believe it. Jesus said, I come in my name and you did not accept me, but someone will come in their name and you will accept them. And he's talking about the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to come in as a political figure. He is the white horse rider in Revelation. He is the first seal. As the first seal is open, a white horse rider comes with a bow in his hand no arrows, but a bow, which represents a false, a false piece, a political ploy. And he's going to with with politics, he's going to connive the nation of Israel. He's going to deceive the nation of Israel and they're going to believe they're going to believe that everything's good. Now, everything's fine. Now we can live in peace and say, and by the way, right now, the nation of Israel, all they want is to be left alone. They just want to live in peace and see the Antichrist is going to promise that this is what we've been waiting on. This is what we've been looking for. But the problem is in the middle of that week, that in the middle of that covenant, in the middle of that treaty, that seven year treaty he signs, he's going to break that covenant and perform the abomination of desolation. You say, preacher, what is the abomination of desolation? That's number two, by the way. We see the Antichrist number one, uh, the abomination of desolation, verse number 15. He is going to go into the rebuilt temple. And he's going to set up an image of himself and declare himself to be God. And he's going to, he's going to require worship from the whole world. And by the way, the antichrist is going to be indwelled by Satan himself. And he's going to walk into the temple. Now, see, the Jews are going to love him because they're going to allow them to rebuild their temple. And this is something they've waited on. This is something they've prayed for and they've looked for their whole lives. And we finally have our temple. And now they have, they have started the temple sacrifices. They have started the temple worship. They, and by the way, they've got all of the utensils ready right now. Right now. They've already had the cornerstone. Everything is set and ready to rebuild the temple. All of the sacrifices will resume and it'll be just business as usual until the three and a half years. In the three and a half years, the Antichrist, their hero, their political, their political uh, hero, their political friend is going to go into the temple and he's going to put an image of himself in that temple and demand that the whole world bow down and worship him as God. And that is the abomination of desolation. And the Jewish people are going to say, uh oh, this is not, this is not him. This is not right. Then we see number three, an attack is going to begin on God's people, the Jews. He says, when you see that, keep in mind, Jesus is talking about the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. He says, when you see that take place. When the Antichrist goes into the temple and sets up that image and demands worship as God. Verse 16, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field turn back to take his clothes. Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. There's that Jewish language, the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world. To this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. When that takes place, the hero, the Antichrist, is going to turn against the Jewish people. And he's going to begin a slaughter that will make Hitler's Holocaust pale in comparison. The Bible says that two out of every three Jews will be murdered. Think about that. A third will be left when he is through. The Russians have never done what he will do. Hitler has never done what he will do. The Romans, as bad and as horrific as they were, nothing will be compared to the brutality and the sheer terror of what the Antichrist is going to do to God's people. Jesus says, don't even wait. Don't even try to pack clothes. Don't let anything hinder you. Run, flee, get out, get out. Are y'all with me? Say amen. This is the middle of the tribulation. The middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will have shown his true colors. He begins to attack God's people. Then we see Jesus begins to describe the end of tribulation. A, the beginning. B, the middle. C, the end of tribulation. First of all, verse number 29. Verse number 29. There's going to be an atmospheric upheaval. It says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not get. Now, see, in the first half, we had all natural events all natural disasters, all natural tragedies and, 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 problems and difficulties. Are y'all with me now at the second half, which is called, which is called the great tribulation. They will all be supernatural. They will all be supernatural. It says the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven. The powers of the heavens shall be shaken atmospheric upheaval. Then verse 27, we find the arrival of Christ. Amen. Verse 27, for as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. Verse 30, and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Someone say Amen. Amen. At the end of that seven years, Jesus is coming back. And He's not coming like He came the first time, He's not coming in a manger. He's not coming in the womb of a maiden. He's not coming as a pauper. He's not coming poor and lowly. He's not coming with nowhere to lay his head. He's not coming to carry a cross. He's coming wearing a crown. He's going to come in power. He's going to come in glory. I can imagine the Shekinah glory of God that shined in the temple. The Shekinah glory of God that was in the the Holy of Holies. The Shekinah glory of God that was on the mountaintop in the Mount of Transfiguration. I can imagine that as it lights up the sky and the whole world will see him come. And they're going to mourn. They're going to mourn because they didn't believe. They're going to mourn because of their rejection. All the tribes of the earth shall mourn. Listen, he came incognito the first time, but the second time he's coming, everybody's going to see him. The arrival of Christ. Number three, we find Armageddon. Armageddon described in verse 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 28, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered. This is a reference, a veiled reference to the Armageddon battle. You see, the armies of this, all the world is going to come to fight against the Antichrist and Israel. But when Jesus arrives, they gather together and team up to fight against him. And in that valley, and we'll talk more about that in the Daniel study, so I'd encourage you to come on Wednesday night. When that takes place, Jesus is going to destroy them all. He's going to, it's going to be complete Complete, utter victory. And he's just going to say the word. Amen. Amen. Revelation 19, if y'all want to put that there, turn you can, you can write Revelation 19 to get more information about that. <clears throat> but then we find the attendance to judgment of nations. The attendance to the judgment of the nations. The Bible says, <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 31. And he shall send his angels with great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. He's going to gather every saint of God. Every believer is going to come. You say, what are are they coming to? They're coming to the judgment of the nations. After Jesus returns, he's going to judge the nations and how they treated his people. In verse 31, it describes of chapter 25. Chapter 25, verse 31 describes this event. It says, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from the other as a shepherd divideth his sheep and the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left." By the way, you don't want to be a goat. What is a goat? They butt all the time. But, 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 but. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, this is Jesus answering. the king shall answer and say unto them, verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto, unto them on the left hand, that's the goats. Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hunger, and ye gave me no meat, I was thirsty, ye gave me no drink, I was a stranger, you took me not in, naked, ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, ye visited me not, then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hunger to thirst or stranger naked or sick or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. I have read commentaries and Bible scholars believe that Jesus is in the the nations that are going to be judged are going to be judged according to how they treat God's people during the tribulation period. When they're fleeing and they're running for their lives, they're running from the Antichrist, they're running from the slaughter. He's going to judge how they treated his people. To the least of these, my brethren. Listen, it's all coming to a head, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what it looks like right now. I don't care what it looks like people are getting away with right now, and sin is rampant, and it seems like they're getting away with everything. But one day, the king is coming, and he will set all things right. These are the signs the beginning of the signs, the middle, the end. Then we see the times, number two. The times. This is the second part. This is the second part. He gives three different pictures, three parables, three illustrations, if you will. One of the fig tree, one of the days of Noah, and then the thief in the night. So let's look at the fig tree. Verse 32. Verse 32. Is anybody bored? I hope not. Now, they answered, when is this time going to be? They're they all about the time. We, we want to know when this is going to be. We want to know when this is going to happen. And by the way, by the way, Jesus told them, a, a, an adulterous nation seeketh a the sign. What does adultery mean? Cheating on your spouse. You know why God's not going to give you a time and, and don't want you worried about the sign? Because he don't want you thinking, okay, I don't see it yet, so I can cheat. God wants you to be ready at all times. God wants you to be looking Always. Are y'all with me? Now, watch this. Watch this. Verse 30. Verse, let's see what I say. Verse 32. Verse 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. This is a very simple parable. Very simple. Sometimes I think we try to over spiritualize it and complicate it. He says, So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Watch this. So likewise, verse 33. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see, see. say it with me, when ye shall all these things, all what things, all what things, all them things we just talked about, all the signs, say it with me, all the Signs. signs all the signs. He said, just take a, take a fig tree. For example, he said, y'all got enough sense to know y'all got enough sense to know when it starts budding, you know, spring is near unless, unless you have ridiculous temperatures in December. How many of y'all have had some stuff budding? Amen. Got to cut the grass. What's up with that? But we know this, 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 And this fig tree, when it begins to bud, when it begins to bloom, we know in just a short time, in just a short time, when you see these things, it's fixing to happen. When you see the desolation, when you see the deception, when you see all of these things that we talked about, hey, it's right close. All right. He gives these pictures to make a point. He gives these pictures to make a point. The fig tree is about nearness. Write that word down. It's about nearness. He's explaining the nearness of time. Time is near. When you see these. Now keep in mind, what group of people is he talking to? The Jewish people, the Jewish nation, Israel. Israel, when you see all these things happening, it's near. It's near. Then he talks about the days of Noah. The days of Noah, verse 36. Verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Now that's a a key point. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. How does he describe the days of Noah? Look what was happening. For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. In other words, they were just going about their life. They were in their normal routine. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also shall the coming of the son of man. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken. The other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken. The other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. We always use that for talking about the rapture, but that's not talking about the rapture. It's talking about judgment, judgment. They will be taken away in judgment. In other words, what's the point? We see the picture is the days of Noah. What's the point? Neglect. Write that word down. Neglect. They were taken in judgment because they neglected the preaching of Noah. They were just going about their day. They had no concept. They had no concern about the judgment that was coming. Now, what can we apply to this? What can we apply to? Jesus is saying, pay attention. How many of you this week? it even crossed your mind this week that Jesus may come back very soon. That judgment is at the door. It never crossed their mind. They totally neglected the truth that judgment is coming. Neglect is the point. You don't know. And by the way, he, he uses, we don't know the day with the picture of Noah and we don't know the hour with the picture of the thief in the night. Verse 42, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour, you don't know the day, and you don't know the hour. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. We see what's the point? Necessity. The fig tree talks about nearness. Days of Noah talks about neglect. Thief in the night talks about the necessity. The necessity to do what? To always watch. Always be looking. We don't know. We don't know. And keep in mind, you remember what Jesus is answering their question. When's the time? Jesus used three illustrations to show them you don't know. You will not know. You don't need to know. Y'all getting it? And by the way, they still they did. They still didn't get it because right before even after the crucifixion and right before the ascension, they ask him again. Are you going to set it up now? And what did he tell him? What did he tell him? It is not for you to know it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father put in his own hand, but you got business to take care of. And that brings us to number three. We see the signs. There's going to be many signs. He said, when you see these signs, you know it's near. Just like when you see that fig tree budding, you know it's near. That's the times. But the, but here's what I want you to know about the times. You don't know. And if you're not careful, it will creep up on you it will catch you by surprise it will catch you when you're not looking it'll be as a thief in the night so what's the conclusion here's the most important part about the whole lesson because of what we know or more specifically what we don't know right verse 42 say it with me verse 42 Okay, come on. Let's just try it again, everybody. All right. Now, verse 44, the first sentence. Verse 44, can I get that up here? Say it with me. Be also made. Say it again. Be also made. Say it like you mean it. Be also made. So, what's the point? And what's what is what is the application? What do we, what do we apply because what we know now or what we know that we don't know? Be ready. Be ready. Preacher, do you know when he's coming? and nope, neither do you. Just be ready. It's kind of like a funeral. I tell people all the time, you cannot avoid this in your life. If Jesus tarries is coming, but you can be ready. Preacher, I want to be ready. How can I be ready? Be saved. Be saved. Know him. Don't know about him. Know him. Have a relationship with him. Confess him, Lord, in your life. Follow him. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Say it with me. Be ready. 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 Wherefore, the rather brethren... Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Listen, we're not going to stop it. It, 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 It's going to be like this, guys. It's going to be like this. How many of you ever played hide and seek? Hide and seek. What do you always say after you count? You're supposed to count to 100 and you skip numbers. Tell the truth. One, two, three, four, 27, 34. You know, I know how you do cheating people. But when you hit 100, what do you say? That's what Jesus is going to say right after the trumpet sounds. That's what I think. And you know what? Whether you're ready or not, he's coming. And being ready is going to be totally up to you. Be ready. Not only does he say, be ready, be, write this down, be faithful. Be faithful. Verse 45. Who then is that what? Faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Watch here now. Watch here now. Verse 46. And I got a hurry because I'm running out of time. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. I don't want to be caught off guard, preacher. it Well. Are you doing? Are you doing? Is he going to be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's gifted every single person in this room. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus, he has gifted you, he has purposed you, he has given you a responsibility, he's given something for you to do for his name's sake. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time that ever crossed your mind? If you're a preacher, are you preaching? If you're a teacher, are you teaching? By the way, all of you are witnesses if you're saved. Are you witnessing? Are you sharing your faith? Are you telling others when he comes, will he be, will he catch you as the, the, the book, the one minute manager says, will he catch you doing something right? Will you be in a place you're not supposed to be or will you be sharing your faith with somebody when he comes? Be faithful. One way you can be ready is to be saved. But the second way is to be faithful. I don't want to be a sellout. I don't want to be lazy because that brings in the the third one. Write this down quickly. Be aware. Be ready. Be faithful and be aware. The next few verses talks about not the faithful servant, but the wicked servant. Who says, well, he's not coming. He's going to linger on. I got plenty of time. How many of you how many of you had, had parents that would give you a chores list before they left and went somewhere? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Y'all were so lucky. You that didn't raise your hand? How many of y'all that raised your hand you had parents that would whoop you if you didn't? I ain't talking about I didn't raise no I wasn't in no timeout time out generation. Timeout. It'd whoop you. And I never got a spanking. Spanking. That sounds sissified. I got a whooping. And I thought about times that me and my brother had this list we had done. And, and it seemed like it would be forever before they got home. So we thought we might play a little catch. Or maybe, maybe go check out our tree fort. We had plenty of. Till the car rolled in the garage. I wonder how many of us are doing that same thing. We're we're, we're like we're like the people in Noah's day. We got plenty of. We're, we're, we have our schedules. We have our hobbies. We have all of our agendas, and we're just so busy. And he's coming. He's coming. Are you ready? Are you faithful? Are you doing what he's commanded you to do? There has been times that me and my brother would be goofing off, cutting up, not doing what we're supposed to do. And my mom would look at us with words that would strike terror in your heart. Your daddy's coming home. if you had one like mine, it'd strike terror in your heart too. Well, guys, he's coming home. He's coming. We don't know the hour. Now, we know, we know this is talking about the second coming at the end of the tribulation. But ladies and gentlemen, the rapture of the church is imminent. Will you be found faithful? I don't know about y'all, but this year I want to know that I'm looking. And I want to know that I'm faithful and I'm ready for him to come. And all God's people say it.